Welcome to the Proclaim Columbus podcast. We are on a mission to equip people throughout the diocese to be missionary disciples. Welcome to the Proclaim Columbus podcast. I am Brooke, and with me today is my fellow host, Andrew. Hi. <laughs> and our wonderful Liz Christie. Hello. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, six elements of missionary disciple formation. But first, Andrew, will you lead us in a prayer? <laughs> sure thing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, uh, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you that we are able to do this podcast. Thank you for these six elements of missionary disciple formation. Um, we pray that uh, this conversation, these elements, uh, that the Holy Spirit just works through us and through these to reach out to the people in our diocese so they may grow closer to you. All of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, today we're going to kind of be doing something a little different and talking with Liz about all this because she goes around and talks to all of our parishes um, with the parish toolkit and talks about these six elements. So, Liz, why don't you uh, share with us a little bit about the... Yeah, what are, what are they? Sure. Okay. So let me give you some background first. So the six elements of missionary disciple formation... They are part of the parish toolkit, as Brooke said, and this all came about under uh, Bishop Brennan's leadership when he started his subcommittees for the Real Presence, Real Future um, initiative, which we've talked about before. There was one for parishes, and, and so we had three goals for that subcommittee. We were supposed to figure out ways to renew um, our priests, renew our staff, and renew our parishioners, so we had like three levels of that, and... Um, and so our team spent a lot of time just researching models and talking to each other about ones we had used and what works well. And we kind of put together a preliminary document that had kind of all of the options that were available and kind of best practices for missionary disciple formation. Um, we handed it over to Father Adam, and he took it and he formed it into what is now known as the Parish Toolkit. So then when I got here, he handed it back to me and he said, make it look good and... <laughs> take it out to the parishes and start using it. So um, so it's kind of fun to just see how it's kind of transformed over the years. So what, say, Alex, who's listening right now. Hey, Alex, what's Hi, up? Hi, Alex. <laughs> just throwing out a name. Uh, leave a comment, Alex. Um, has never heard of the Parish Toolkit. So real quick, what what is that in the greater context of? Yeah, so the Parish so Toolkit is a document that helps our parishes form strategies for missionary disciple formation. So when we meet with them... The first half of the toolkit is a parish assessment, and the second half of the toolkit is strategy formation using models for missionary disciple formation, basically. Um, yeah. Have you ever said the word so many times that it stops <laughs> making sense in your head? I'm <laughs> getting there. Um, so yeah, so so the part with the six elements that's in the second half when we after we've assessed the parish and we decide, you know, what are the pastor's goals for the parish? What things are already going on? Who are they serving? What do they need? Then we start jumping into the second half, which is the strategy formation. So um, we have a nice little chart that lines them up, but element number one is charismatic encounter. Element number two is ongoing spiritual formation in prayer and sacraments. Element three is missional training. 
Element four is discipleship community in small groups. Element five is ongoing catechesis. And element six is ongoing scripture study. So those are our six. And we propose to our parishes that if you're offering things in these six categories, and what you offer can look different parish to parish. We're not saying everyone has to do the same things. Um, But if you're doing things in these six categories, you're helping form well-rounded missionary disciples who can go out and spread the good news to others. So, um, so that that's what we propose to our parishes. That's what a lot of them are doing now. And um, if you look around at your parish or surrounding parishes, we're starting to see some of the fruit of that in the different um, offerings, program series. You know, whatever different things they're doing, we're starting to see that. So it's really exciting. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. So. Um, why don't we go through these six elements and maybe you could share with us um, an example of what a parish might do in that specific area or um, just some tips you might have. Yeah. So first pop quiz, can you guys name the six elements? Well, I can because it's right in front of me. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> no, that's not fair. Don't look. No. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. No. Well, well, element one. Charismatic encounter. Now. Is that like an encounter with a coffee machine? Yeah, the Kerygma. There's actually a somewhat famous uh, evangelist out there, Gomer Gormley, and he has a little speech about Kerygma and Kerygma, and it's adorable, and I stole it and used it. not too long ago at my own parish. Yeah, nothing is new under the sun. I thought. No, <laughs> but but good job for trying. Um, so yeah, charismatic encounter. Um, so that that's basically just encountering Christ, um, understanding the basic gospel message. Why did Jesus die? Why did He save us? Now what? Um, you know, a little bit of that. So when we talk about charismatic encounter, we propose that to be kind of the initial step that really everybody needs to meet Jesus first before they can build on it. So all of the other elements build off of this charismatic encounter. And and it can look, um, again, different at parishes. So we have a couple popular um, series that are actually on our Proclaim Columbus website, um, Alpha and the Rescue Project. So those are our kind of two big charismatic encounter opportunities um, that parishes can run. And those are, they work really well. They're very successful. Um, and they really do a great job at introducing people to Jesus, meeting the Holy Spirit, understanding, you know, prayer and sacraments, and then wanting to go beyond that. So, so that's great. But charismatic encounter can also happen um, just by attending Mass, you know? I mean, like, anytime we encounter the Lord, I mean, that's what the Mass is meant for, is we're supposed to encounter the Lord. The problem is, is that we have a lot of people sitting in the pews who have been sitting in the pews for decades, and they aren't really sure if they've met the Lord. So that's kind of why these programs have sort of come about, so that um, for a lot of people, it's almost like we're, we're reintroducing them or reminding them or just saying, you know, we know you've been sitting here, but do you know why? And do you know what it's all about? And do you understand what the Lord has done for you? Um, and it never fails. Whenever I run an alpha or a rescue project, someone who will come up after who's been Catholic forever and, you know, serves and does a lot of amazing things. And they'll say, I didn't know this, or maybe I heard it before, but I didn't really hear it before. And so because the Lord works with each of us on our own timeline and, 
when we're ready, he allows us to kind of receive um, his message and meet him. We just have to constantly be offering opportunities to people because you just never know who's going to need it. So, so we encourage our parishes to sort of run a charismatic encounter opportunity at least once a year, if not quarterly. So whatever the parish is capable of doing, you know, as far as like time and staff and volunteers and whatever, um, run them as much as you can. That's kind of, that's kind of the message. And it's, and it's an on-road for a lot of other things. Like we get a ton of amazing volunteers after they've come through an alpha or a rescue. We, you know, we find catechists, we find RCIA sponsors, people are more willing to serve in in the liturgy. Um, so we, we train new volunteers for that. So that's kind of a, a hidden benefit of running one of these, um, opportunities. And yeah, it's been pretty great. So basically say, I'll just use my own story as an example. So I was formed as, you know, I grew up in a Catholic family household, but it wasn't until I was like 19 and went on a retreat when I had this very intense encounter with the Lord. Is that kind of, yeah, that's the encounter. So the person first needs to encounter the Lord and start, you know, from wherever they're at and whatever they need to go through, but start that relation, that deep intimate relationship with the Lord in some way. And then from there, then you can start. Yeah. Because did you make a change after that encounter? Yeah. 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 So that's exactly it. And, and alpha and rescue both have a retreat sort of associated with it. And we highly encourage people um, when they're running that to expose the Eucharist and bring people Mm -hmm. into prayer in front of the blessed sacrament, because there's no better way to encounter than than to be face to face with our Lord in the Eucharist. Um, and because not everyone that comes to these um, programs are necessarily Catholic, adoration works better in this particular circumstance because not everyone in the room can receive, but everyone in the room can pray. And so we invite them into that prayer opportunity, and we just step aside and let the Lord work, and He does. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. So, um, so yeah, you kind of you tee it up for Jesus, and then get out of the way is kind yeah. of the <laughs> the most successful way to to run something like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and then something exciting and that's going to be new on the scene. Um, so, do you guys know we're in the middle of this national Eucharistic revival? Heard about that a little I, bit. I heard about I, I that have. a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we we're finishing up the diocesan year. In July, no, in June, with the Feast of Corpus Christi, we move into the parish year, um, which there are going to be processions here in Columbus, kind of kicking that off. That's what um, Bishop is going to do, and that's super exciting. And then um, the USCCB is going to be um, releasing their own charismatic encounter um, opportunity, and it'll be a seven-week series, runs for about two hours at a time, and it's going to be charismatic-focused and Eucharistic focus. So um, super excited, and they're encouraging all the parishes to run these um, all throughout the rest of 2023, 2024, and even into Pentecost of 2025. Um, So we will definitely put some of that up on our Proclaim site um, because why not? This seems like a really great opportunity, and we can bring people closer to the Eucharist, and it ties in with kind of this national movement. So... um, so we just actually added that to the toolkit 
the other day. Um, yes. <laughs> so with the information we have, which we don't have everything yet, so we're you know kind of trying to stay stay on top of that as as uh, we learn more. But but stay tuned um, because that's going to be great. And our, we've already talked to a lot of our parish leaders, and um, we're going to see it kind of popping up all around. So like some of the parishes are saying, okay, we're planning to run the rescue project in September. Um, that goes for like eight or nine weeks. And so I'm like, great, run that till Thanksgiving, bring people back after Christmas, even, you know, first of the year, and then run your Eucharistic small groups and kick those off. Or we do Alpha in the fall or Rescue in the winter, like, you know, just put it in somewhere else. Um, yeah, so excited to see how that all comes together. But but that's that's basically, you know, kind of our options for Charismatic Encounter. There are some others, like the Wild Goose series and Metanoia with Father Dave Pavanka, both really great. Um definitely kind of introduces people to Jesus in that same kind of video format. Um, and the best thing, the best way to be successful with one of these is to add in the hospitality. So you greet people at the door, you feed them a meal, mm-hmm. you watch the video, and then they talk in small group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so, and that's, that's just really critical because if you, I mean, you could sit alone and watch a video, but that's not, that's not all of it. It's the community piece. And I've done that. I like when I preview a series, I'll sit alone and watch it. And I'm like, yeah, this seems really good, but like, I feel the same. And then I go sit with people and do it with a group of people at a table. Totally different experience. So yeah. 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 Okay. So you lay that foundation, you bring people to an encounter with Christ and then they move into more of forming them in Christ. Right. So element number two is the ongoing spiritual formation in prayer and sacraments, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You take someone that just met the Lord, and they're super excited, and then you continue to form them. You know, Do you need more sacraments? Are there sacraments you haven't made yet? Maybe you weren't confirmed, or maybe you're not Catholic at all. Let's get you into an RCIA program and just start exploring that and start learning there and, and discerning, you know, when's the right time to become fully Catholic. So, um, so that's one way, just attendance at mass, you know, weekend mass, daily mass. Um, it tends to pick up and as people kind of meet the Lord, they want to be with him more and they want to receive him more. Um, so just making sure we're offering plenty of opportunities, uh, for mass and then ongoing, um, well, spiritual formation and like prayer, in um, specifically, one of the things that Alpha does is it introduces the idea of praying with others, um, but it also leads people deeper into kind of personal prayer too. So just kind of fostering and encouraging um, personal devotion and prayer or praying with groups of people or um, going to adoration. A lot of our parishes offer um, options for adoration, and when we have people who are kind of formed in prayer and desire that, they start asking for it, and that's, that's what helps it grow, right? We need people, if we're going to have perpetual adoration, we have to have people perpetually there to pray, you know? So, um, but, and this, this kind of stirs people up to want to do that. So as we move along this pathway, that's one of the fruits. That's why we start with charismatic, because they understand the why, and then they're willing to do the what of, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. So that, I mean, Yeah. It's, it's usually a fairly immediate fruit um, that a parish can see um, after taking people through a charismatic encounter experience. Yeah. 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 I know at least like for my parish, they do alpha and that's like the lead in mm-hmm. for our CIA. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know I led one of the Alpa groups and it, it kind of works seamlessly, you know, if, if you, they, cause they have that encounter, it's basic. And then, you know, RCIA, they go, you know, they're able to right. go a little bit deeper and, you know, it's, it's amazing the fruit that can come out of those yeah. two things married together. Yeah. Cause you never want to just run a program and not lead them to yeah. the next step. It's always got to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise it's, it's not enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So they've encountered the Lord. Now we form them and they have this relationship with the Lord. Now we're ready to send them on mission. Yeah. So element three is missional training. This is where it gets fun. Um, so you you get somebody really excited and on fire and then you turn them out to go and make disciples, you know? Um, but that can be a little scary for people. Um, as we talked about in our, let's see, we had uh, our friend from Reach Moron at one of our previous episodes, and um, we kind of talked about that and what that looks like and and what we do. So the Evangelical Catholic Reach More model really nails it on missional training. I mean, that is what they're all about. They they bring people in, they train them for mission, and they send them out. And what they do, it, their model is really beautiful because it equips people at the parish level to do the training. So they work very closely with just a small group of key people at the parish level who then go and train others. So that's what helps it kind of be successful. Um, and then you send people out to do kind of their personal um, small apostolates. And and it might just be for just a few people at a time. And um, yeah, so like each person's going out to reach another person. And they may just walk with that person for a while. They may invite that person into that cycle of, you know, come to our rescue project or our alpha program or um, whatever we're doing you know, and, and bring people into that, or they may do something just in their homes and, um, or workplaces or whatever. So, but yeah, we have to, we have to live that gospel message of go and make disciples. Um, and that's where it gets a little scary. People are comfortable coming to sit and watch the video and eat the food and talk to the people that are of a similar mindset. Mm -hmm. That's easy. You know, element three, it's like, well, now we're going to get a little uncomfortable, but it's so fun. Like once you equip people well to do that, they're excited and they're on fire for it and they look for opportunities. Um, and you just, you just never know. And, and the Lord will tee up opportunities. And if you're watching, you'll realize it and you can just run right where he's, right where he's, uh, leading you, you know, like you could be getting your haircut or you could be at the grocery store or whatever. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. You never know too. Like when you have a small group, I remember one time I was on a, on a retreat and I was like a table group leader and uh, it's like a, it's mixed. It was a co-ed table. And one of the girls was just straight up like, I don't want to be here. I'm just here because so-and-so told me I need to be here. And she was, just, and I was just like, Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, well, welcome. Thank you for coming. Uh, but then I just slowly during the, through the course of the retreat, just saw the more I just prayed to the Holy Spirit, like, I don't know what to say to this person. I don't know how to treat this person. Like, and of course the answers came back just with respect, just with kindness. Like, Hey, do you need a water? Hey, do you need this? And then afterward, I know she was just like on fire and probably the most like missionary minded person after that retreat. And I was, and I felt like almost I did nothing, but it's really the Lord working through you. So, you know, I guess I just feel the need to just say is like, it's okay if not everybody, 
you know, of course this is a success story. You know, there's sometimes not success stories, but um, it's okay if not everybody seems like they're totally tuned in. The more you ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance and kind of, you know, quote unquote, let go and let God, the more that can happen. Yeah. And that just kind of lends to the whole idea of like, there is an order to this, you know, it's like, you've met the Lord, you're growing in prayer and you're going to go off on mission. Well, one of the things you have to do on mission is intercede for the people Mm -hmm. that you're working Mm -hmm. with and, and, and praying to the Lord, like, who do you want me? Where do you want me to go, Lord? You know? Um, And that's part of their training um, when they go through that reach more process is they're trained to really pray and discern and have a really strong prayer life so that they're very attuned to what the Holy Spirit is asking of them. Um, so yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So now they're on mission. They're sharing. They're ready to um, form their own little small groups, their own little communities. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. I know that's something that parishes are starting to adopt now, but I think is a little bit of a stumbling block. Well, so yeah, so the number four is the discipleship community in small groups um, or small group discipleship communities, however you want to say it. So you can you can do it either way. But but basically, what we encourage is to run everything in the context of a small group. So you're running an alpha, you're running a rescue, but you have the same people sitting in a small group for nine weeks, eleven weeks, whatever. Um, so so we kind of start the models that way, like. We're going to do this in small group because we want people to understand the need for community and we want to help people grow. Um, we grow better in circles than we do in rows. I've, I keep hearing that and I, if you, you have to think it through and think what that means with plants. But um, anyway, <laughs> we help each other when we can look yeah. at each other and mm-hmm. and have conversation and get to know each other. If we're sitting in a straight row, we don't see who's around us as much, I guess, is the, the point of that one. But um, so these are critical. And, and so when you bring people through these um, encounter opportunities, they often ask to continue. Like, can our small group keep meeting? And it's like they become their own small group. And I love it. I still get messages from Table 10 at our Alpha in, like, spring of 2018. They're like, Table 10 just had a get-together. Table 10, you know. And <laughs> But they do this. Like, the tables kind of stay together, and they'll meet up and, and um, do different things. But so a little bit to build on that and just a little bit of difference, these discipleship small groups, these are very intentional groups that meet for the specific purpose of some kind of formation, um, ongoing formation. And so, and it can look different for each group. So the group can kind of say, Hey, we really want to grow in this area, or, you know, maybe it's prayer, maybe it's scripture, maybe it's, you know, just a faith topic that they all want to learn about. And they spend a specific amount of time kind of learning together and they may move to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, but this is where they get fed. So for our, so for, you know, our missionaries, if we want to call them that out doing things with other people, that's really good, but they still need to be fed somewhere, you know, so they still need to be anchored in their own personal sacraments and prayer. And they kind of need their small group support of coming back to that where they're continuing to learn and grow um, so that they can be fed so they can feed others. So that's kind of the point of these small groups. Um, and it can take any number of context. I mean, you can have a mom's group, you can have a women's group, a dad's group, uh, married couples, newly engaged couples. You know, I mean, you can you can make these small groups look like whatever the needs of the parish would be, um, or you can just have mixed small groups, um, and that's sometimes really fun. People of all different ages, all at the same table, everyone's learning from each other. Um, 
So that can be good too. So you can, your group can look like a bunch of similar people or it can be a really diverse group. Either way works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then kind of connected to that, the right. last two elements of ongoing catechesis and scripture study mm-hmm. kind of all. Yeah. So it can tie together. together. So the small groups can definitely just pick one of those areas. They maybe want more in catechesis or they want more in scripture. Um, but also those can be personal, you know, new on the scene over the last few years as the Father Mike Schmidt's Catechism yeah. in a Year, Bible in a Year. And that's really just self-personal study. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works great because as Catholics over these last couple decades, we aren't well catechized. We don't know our Bible, you know. Um, not to say everyone doesn't, but many of us don't. I didn't, you know. So I, I, I speak from my own need there. So I've definitely benefited from going through those, um, well, catechesis, uh, the catechism in a year is still going on, but, and I'm many days behind, but it's fine. <laughs> Keep okay, going. Father Mike says it's okay. He, sa- he does. He says, fine, I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish the race. But, um, but those are great. Um, so you can do it in that context. You can do it in small group context. And, um, yeah. And so, but it's just important to be growing in those areas. And again, with, with the Bible and with the catechism, I mean, you can read it a thousand times, and it's going to speak to you differently that day. You're going to pick up something different. You're going to take something new away. So it's just um, forming people to be grounded in that so that they can constantly um, continue to grow as disciples. So, yeah. Uh, where would, like, reading the lives of the saints or a saint story fall? Oh, that's a good yeah, question. Like catechesis or kind of study? Yeah, I think you could probably put it under the catechesis. So we actually, um, a lot of the Bishop Barron series, you know, he has like the pivotal players. Yeah. We put that under the, the catechesis section because, you know, you're, you're hearing about the saints, but you're also learning um, a lot about the faith at the same time, just the way that's kind of all tied in. So, yeah. 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 And learning about evangelizing. Yeah. Like when you're reading about the saints. Awesome. Are there any other resources in the realm of catechesis through the diocese? Yeah, we have a great one. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, So Franciscan University's Catechetical Institute. um, We have onboarded all the Catholic schools and all the parishes. um, So everybody has access to this. And it is a phenomenal opportunity. Um, you You can go online and the link is somewhere. Uh, it's like Franciscan at home, but it's, it's also on, on our diocesan webpage. Thanks. Yeah, yeah you would know that because you I'm, just updated that page for me. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, go to the evangelization section of columbuscatholic.org and you can find a link of how to gain access to that. But it has a lot of like, they call them modules and tracks. Um, any topic that you can think of related to faith. Um, it's all in there, and you can study on your own. You can study in groups. You can be mentored. You can, you know, um, our Catholic school teachers have requirements that they have to do, and some of our parishes have things that they have to do, but the average um, layperson can also just gain access and study and learn um, whatever they want to grow in. So, yeah. yeah. So if a pastor or somebody at a parish is listening to this and they're like, man, we really need this these six elements at our parish, like our, we want to grow, what, what should they do? Yeah, so again, on that ColumbusCatholic.org, um, you're going to look for the parish toolkit, and there you'll find my contact information, and we will set up 
a consult with um, with the pastor and his team and come out to the parish and uh, start the conversation do the parish assessment start talking about strategies and and then connect them to the resources to make these things actually happen so it's not like hey just do all these things see you later you know it's kind of more about making a strategic plan of okay we can implement this soon we can implement this in six to twelve months this other one, it's going to be two to three years. Um, and so we look realistically at, you know, what's the best way to implement and kind of make plans for that. Um, yep. And then it all kind of comes together when we have our evangelization leadership summit in November, that's where we kind of bring the toolkit to life. And we invite many of these resources in to be with us live and in person so that, um, our parish leaders and our lay leaders can come in and have real time access to, um, a lot of the things that we propose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that's that was, kind of uh, in a nutshell. That's yeah. that's part of what I do in my job. And uh, yeah, we just kind of wanted to break open these six elements a little bit because um, we do talk about them on the Proclaim website and just give a little more behind the scenes on it and um, and just you know what we can do with all of this. So yeah, thanks for sharing that with all of us. It kind of I know at least in our office, we hear about the toolkit, but not all of us get to go to the meetings or, or experience the full. Yeah. yeah. Brooke got to join me once last year on a toolkit meeting. So Andrew will have to get you out to wonderful. one of these days. All right. It's <laughs> so I'll good. accept the invitation. All right. All right. Um, let's go ahead and we'll close in a prayer. Okay. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we just ask that you um, would bless our diocese, bless our parishes, Help us to bring people to you, Lord, that they might encounter you, they might grow in relationship with you, and that they could then be sent and bring more people to you. We ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of the Proclaim Columbus podcast. And until next time, go and proclaim God's glory.